Uh, well, if you haven't guessed <laughs> uh, what this topic will be about after that uh, three seconds of uh, Michael Myers nonsense, uh, <laughs> then you <laughs> might be living under a rock. But no, uh, yeah, uh, we had plans to... No, we had actually recorded uh, an episode on Halloween on the 31st. Actually, <laughs> it was the 30th. Oh, was it the 30th? Yeah. I thought it was we... on the day of Halloween. I swear it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it we, was. we recorded uh, this episode on the 31st. Uh, well, recorded like, what, 40, 40 minutes of it? <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just garbage we we didn't know what we were doing and hasina was having a laugh attack and she was making us laugh too and it, it just didn't uh fit the whole uh mood of it so we're like you know what we'll just postpone it and um well now we're doing it on november the 4th unfortunately <laughs> yeah um, that's fine I guess. It, 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 this is the spooky cast, if you haven't guessed it already. Um, a shame we couldn't do it on Halloween, because uh, I had a whole um, you know, Halloween thing uh, lined up for it. But you know what happens? Happens, I guess, I suppose. But it's actually interesting, because um, Halloween is celebrated on different days all over the world. Uh, so... The origins of Halloween. Halloween is actually All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve. For those who aren't aware. And uh, the next day... Hallowed be thy name. Iron Maiden. I'm sorry. I love that. The next day in Christianity, uh, the next day is actually All Saints Day. uh, When all the saints uh, are supposedly rise to heaven, basically. And in Mm -hmm. Latin American tradition... The second of November or the third is uh, Dio de los Muertos. Oh, the Day of the Dead. Yeah, that's correct. I forgot about that. Yeah. So we're we're kind of on track. Yeah, we are. So it's not it's not all lost. So we are uh, keeping with the mood in doing the whole uh, spooky, scary um, skeletons kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. I I had plans to talk about like what, what what you just said, you know, the history of Halloween and what and whatnot, and uh, all Hallows Eve and all that. Oh please, uh, but go ahead. There's actually more. <laughs> I shut the floor. I'm just trying to find it on my phone here. I, I I made note. I actually made notes for this. I was so excited, but then our podcast failed <laughs> on the thirty first. <31st. laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's okay. Uh, we could talk yeah. about. Sorry, go on. I'll I'll mention it. You could probably explain more in detail. Um, it originates from the Celtic festival of uh, salmon. No, not fish. Or Samhain, if you don't want to pronounce it like salmon the fish, but <laughs> <laughs> which would conf- confuse a lot of people. But uh, yes, uh, Samhain, uh, a, a pagan ritual, which is unsurprising. With a lot of uh, festivals nowadays having their roots in pagan society. That's a good point. That's actually a very good point. Um, and I'm not sure if this is the podcast to be talking about it, but uh, like, um, yeah, what you mentioned, like a lot of uh, modern day rituals or sorry, traditions and holidays are being rooted in sort of like uh, pagan ideals and uh, 
and having pagan uh, like nomenclature like you know um the days of the week uh thursday thursday um uh what was the other ones monday morning day i think i think when wednesday it was like uh whoa something to do with odin i can't remember but yeah, like like you said, a lot of it, a lot of our sort of modern day uh, names and uh, traditions have their roots in sort of pagan ideals, which is very interesting. But yes, uh, this is the spooky cast, ooh, <laughs> and our, our sort of plan for um, this this episode, um, which was supposedly supposed to take place on the thirty first, was that we just talk about. Uh, Scary things in general, like uh, what scares us in horror and whatnot. <laughs> uh, Obeyed actually um, told us a story in that in that uh, recorded episode, <laughs> the one about Old Finch Bridge. Oh yes, <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess you could tell it in this one too. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'll just sum it up. Really. Sum it up. Like, uh, I, I mean, one way, if you want to start with that, I suppose it's like setting the mood kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so essentially. There is a tradition uh, in Scarborough. Well, not really a tradition, but it's more like a uh, a legend, a legend, urban legend. Urb. I say urban because we're we're in a city, in the middle of the city, <laughs> and uh, the park is actually located at the far reaches of the city. Uh, and the bridge also is in that park, and um, basically, the local the local kids. <laughs> kids uh they hear stories of um when you sing happy birthday on that bridge um basically somebody uh a little a ghost of a little girl shows up and uh, i don't know it basically just stares at you or something i don't think it does anything it murders you horribly. <laughs> okay, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the story differs. There's a lot of. There's a lot. I'll, I'll I'll tell you right now. There's a lot of story variations, and uh, as is the case um, for most stories and tales. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and just to um, a bit of a background on um, that's well, not the story itself, but uh, Obey's telling of it. Uh, we had gone out on a bit of a family trip to Cottage Country in uh, was it Peter- Peterborough. Where did we go again? Yeah, uh, Kawartha Lakes. Oh yes, uh, we went there, Kawartha Lakes, and uh, this is sort of out of the out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, we were sort of gathered around a campfire. You know, the whole uh, traditional spooky setting for telling these sort of stories, and uh, obeyed one head and uh, told us this one about uh, old finch bridge and the little girl who was murdered there and you know her ghost appearing and all that uh one of our cousins was there and um he's like you know what i have a video about that and (laughs) at first we were like seriously come on and you know he took some time to pull it up and when he couldn't at first we were like ah this guy's full of it right uh, sorry to Eunice if you ever ever hear this, <laughs> uh, but uh, he eventually did pull it up when we were back inside the cabin. And oh man, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could probably explain it somehow, but it was his video. Like he took it. Right? He was with his friends, and he was sort of driving across that bridge, and they're sort of in the middle of it, or on the other side, and on the opposite end. Uh, he caught something on camera running 
I don't know. It could have been an animal. It could have been a person. But it, it was humanoid. I don't know <laughs> how to explain it. You saw it too. You were there, right? Yeah. And, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's up in there. I, I'm sure there are debunkers out there who could take a look at it and, uh, you know, give us the, the Fred from scooby Doe scientific explanation. <laughs> um, that reminds <laughs> me. Uh, what is it say in um, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island? Uh when they try to unmask that zombie, Fred's like, say, uh, uh, he's, he's so adamant that it's... You know, it's the somebody. butler? It's the butler! It's the... I forgot, it's, I forgot it's the exact... It's the ferryman. Yeah. It's the fisherman. And then, <laughs> and then they rip it off and it's like, it's real. It's like dumbfounded. <laughs> I Man, I love that movie. Uh, bit of a digression, but I love those old Scooby-Doo movies. Um, oh, yeah. Zombie Island, Cyber Chase. They were actually... Unique in the fact that they actually played to not, I'm not gonna say actual horrors, but like, um, I guess fears, like, I guess actual fears that people have. Mm. Oh, uh, let's not forget the witch's ghost. Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) The hex girls. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not forget the witch's ghost. Uh, Jennifer Hill. Uh, voiced uh what was her name the the one with was it red hair black hair no black Thor- hair thorn I, I don't i don't remember her name but i know it was jennifer hill yeah it was thorn <laughs> <laughs> anyway <I'm> yeah <laughs> going back to uh all things spooky so apparently i, I actually found this cool article uh toronto actually has a lot of Haunted places. Oh yeah, uh, not only Old Finchbridge, and that's kind of what I like about cities, especially historic ones. Mm-hmm. Toronto being one of the most younger cities, which doesn't—I mean, they still have a lot of old historic and haunted buildings, but these old cities, like for example, in Toronto, they have um, parts of Old City Hall, which. In uh, essentially, two men were sentenced to capital punishment back in 1962, and they were they actually haunt courtroom 33. Supposedly, supposedly, I <laughs> have no idea. But uh, yeah, and then there's the abandoned subway station, Lower Bay Station. So, oh, is uh, that sorry to interrupt? But is that the one? I remember reading a story uh, a couple of years ago. Well, not, not a couple of years ago. This is this is a while back. About some some haunted uh, part of the Toronto subway, or suppose you know supposedly haunted, about um, some woman had to do with some female ghost in in red. That's right. Yeah, that's the one, right? Oh yeah. Okay. The lady in red. Apparently, transit employees have reportedly seen a lady in red with no eyes and no feet Mm. on the platform beneath the base station. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really interested in like seeing Lower Bay Station. Uh, for those who don't know, Toronto has uh, two lines. Uh, well, actually three, four lines. But um, our two main lines, the green, uh, blue, Danforth, and the yellow line, they intersect and they actually used to be one... Like, you used to be able to apparently go from one... Tr- like a train from the yellow line used to go onto the green line, and there's this tunnel that f- 
went into another station underneath bay so they called this lower bay and uh for some reason whatever reason lower bay was put out of service and um now it's supposedly haunted by this lady in red <laughs> i think uh if if i remember correctly the the story went the or something like that sorry say again i think it was breaking up oh like uh the story uh the whole story uh, about her haunting that ghost haunting uh, lower bay station is that she died there i think Something yeah like that, that. that's that seems to add up add up <laughs> as is the case <laughs> as is the case with all ghost stories the person dies in a location and you know their spirit haunts said location <laughs> you know yeah. tale tale as old as time <laughs> uh, interesting the uh, legislature in Ontario, uh, or Toronto, is actually haunted by a trio of women. One sad spirit dressed in a long white flowing robe who wanders the halls. A woman in a check dress tossed over her face, concealing her features. And the most gruesome, a woman who is rumored to have hung herself and is to be seen, if you're lucky, dangling from a hook in the long tunnel in the basement. Their moans are also said to have been heard echoing through the hallways. And also, a military man dressed in red has also been spotted gliding down the main staircase. What? <laughs> Glide? I'm sorry, I just... <laughs> That's very interesting. <laughs> I just picture this guy in red just gliding down the stairs. <laughs> ghost. Um, ghost. Ooh, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it reminds me of Nearly Headless Nick. Oh, from uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Goofy <laughs> <laughs> ghost. It reminds me of also going to other cities that are that have haunted uh, buildings. Oh, Ottawa. Um, Ottawa has the haunted walk. Oh, yeah. Uh, enlighten us since you were a uh, resident of Ottawa. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't been uh, on that, that tour, that tour uh, recently, uh, but uh, when we came visiting... Uh, I mean, like eight years ago, uh, we went on the haunted walk, and from what I remember, they they take you down a few streets and they take you into like a few old buildings, and you know, the tour guide is all you know, monotone and spooky, and saying you know this place is haunted by this ghost, and this place is haunted <laughs> by this ghost. I mean, it's it's actually really interesting and uh, yeah. quite cre- creepy, like the locations they and they do it at night, so uh, the ambience is uh, there too. And because you know how Ottawa is a really dead city after like eight p.m., so oh. uh, the streets, you know, the streets are pretty empty and whatnot. Uh, but it, overall, the experience is it, it's a gimmicky kind of thing. Uh, but you know, if you're a tourist here, I would recommend it. Especially if you want like to creep out um, your younger, you know, siblings or children, it's it's pretty fun overall. I mean, uh, interestingly enough, um, I remember my dad snapped a picture of it, it was a jail cell because I think the building they had taken us to used to used to be a jail, and it's a hotel now, if I'm not mistaken, or a motel. And my dad my dad snapped a picture of one of the cells, and when he looked at it, there's like this this big foggy blur in the, in the darkness. I mean, it could have been it could have been uh, something to do with the lighting, but uh, you know, 
we were still confused oh. as to as to what uh, what that that blur was. Uh, but yeah, uh, it it's on this topic. It, it just came to my mind right now. Uh, one of the uh, essay topics that I had to explore in university at UTSC for one of my English classes uh, was uh, it was a Canadian literature course and the essay topic we were given uh, to discuss was is Canada haunted and I remember writing about like um, just just the not not the people itself but like the land know how old this place is and given like like the native tradition and whatnot and uh, all that stuff i can't remember the exact things i said but i do specifically remember sort of mentioning you know who knows what sort of lands and grounds we have built um our cities on you know what you know could they be you know, graveyards or say other sort of sacred groves kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with uh, native culture to speak on it, but you know, I, I just, I just raised that question in, in the essay. I remember when we were small. <laughs> oh, I, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. <laughs> you can yes. A real ground story. <laughs> yes. I, uh, your, your dad used to freak us out as kids saying that our, <laughs> Like our whole neighborhood, I'm not sure if it's true or not. It could be true, uh, but you're saying that how this whole area was built on a Native American burial ground. <laughs> yep, and that used to get us. Yeah, I remember <laughs> uh, we were we were sleeping over at uh, my place, 128, and uh, you were there. I was there. Uh, yeah, yeah, your brother uh, Moz, one of our neighbors, and. Um, Ritha, one of our cousins from overseas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad had, had told that story. And I think one of the additions he made to it was that uh, one of the construction workers who was working on that house, 128 Robinstone, uh, yeah. he'd, he had like fallen into a duct or something and sort of got trapped in there. And like <laughs> he said, like, you can still hear him sort of like, you know, till this day, trying to, you know, banging on like the walls trying to get out and stuff. And you know that that at that time really creeped us out, but for the most part we yeah. were okay. Like me, you, Yahya, uh, Maz, we were okay. And then you, I still remember. Uh, uh, we were just talking, and uh, we had thought Ritha had fallen asleep, and then you know we just hear this guy whimpering, and we, we check on him, and he's he's crying because he's scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think your dad really had gotten to, I yeah, actually remember yeah, that, that that one really shook him up I mean yeah. I can't I can't say I blame him I mean that was a, he was he was he was really young and uh, <laughs> the yeah. the story was quite creepy when you think about it yeah it, it definitely was and uh if I'm sure. Yeah, that that yeah, that Robinstone area was all like trees and forests before. I know that that's a fact. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge fact. <laughs> I mean, I mean, whether whether or not uh, it's a Native American burial ground, that still remains to be seen. But <laughs> you know, you never know with it, these things. It actually, it actually doesn't help that there's a burial ground like 300 meters away. 
Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, cemeteries have their own set of stories. I mean, cemeteries are, you know, where uh, the place of the dead, where you bury the dead, where spirits roam at night. In uh, Islamic tradition, um, graveyards sort of a forbidden place because it's where the uh, jinn like to hang out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, although it is, it's actually uh, encouraged to visit a graveyard, but uh, not stay there. Yeah, not stay. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pay respects to the dead when when you're yeah. buried. Uh, but you're not supposed to hang out there, according to uh, yeah. our own uh, Islamic tradition. And I'm sure other cultures and religions have their own sort of uh, taboos when it comes to graveyards. But, you know, we can speak um, confidently about the Islamic one. I remember uh, Sheikh Yusuf Bizzat is the imam at the Islamic Foundation of Toronto. And, oh man, <laughs> during one of our classes, um, Islamic culture, I think it was called, we just, we convinced him for the, like, to speak about, you know, jinns for the entire, like, 45 minutes of class. Oh. And the and the guy actually did it, and oh man, did he creep us all out? Like he like he told us like uh, all the you know the, the, the Islamic uh, rulings behind graveyards and whatnot, and what you're not supposed to do there. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to speak of it because uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a bit of a taboo subject. Uh, jinns, or as they say in the English or the anglicized version of it, genies. Yeah, um, we, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Jafar is basically a jinn. <laughs> he is. Uh, genie is a jinn too. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's the that's where it comes from, right? Um, I think uh, I'm not entirely sure where the. And this is this is a bit of a digression from what I was talking about, but it's interesting. The whole uh, genie in a bottle thing, you know, you know, rub the lamp and it comes out. He gives you three wishes. Uh, where was it? Was that from? That's from a thousand and one nights, or a thousand, or was it Sinbad? Or was it Sinbad in that collection? No, I of think stories? it was a thousand and one nights. Thousand and one nights, was, right? There was Alibaba, but I know Aladdin is a fusion of Alibaba and a thousand one nights, and uh, yeah. So it definitely is because Alibaba was more of a um, he was more of an explorer. He didn't really rely on any spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, beings, it definitely was from a thousand one nights. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't really looked into this because I I just thought of it right now. <laughs> it just came to my mind. Like, uh, uh, there's this there's this thing in Islamic culture, Islamic tradition, where if you find like a sealed bottle, you aren't supposed to open it. <laughs> have, have you heard about that? I believe so. Yeah. Like you weren't supposed to open it because there could be like a gin trapped in there. Yeah. So I think, I think that's where uh, that whole you know genie in a lamp thing comes from. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry. it would make sense. Correction here. Alibaba was a part of a thousand and one nights. I'm sorry. Isn't that isn't that what you said? Oh no, I thought I thought I was confusing everyone by saying Alibaba was a separate story. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a part of a thousand and one nights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is is Sinbad too? Sinbad, uh, the sailor. He is, yes, that's right. Okay, just need to clear that up for my own sake. But yeah, uh, the the whole uh, genie in a lamp thing comes from, I think, the the Islamic uh, culture, um, the aspect of Islamic culture um, of jinn being trapped in a bottle and you aren't supposed to open it. Yeah. And generally, uh, generally speaking, for all the the all the more uh, Westernized folk, um, 
Gen art generally Good. bad. Okay. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean I guess... the the stories, the stories you hear about them are generally bad. Yeah, I mean because it's also in uh, in our tradition uh, there are both uh, good jinn and bad jinn. Uh, but the, the popular stories, the one that people like to share with their friends around a campfire or you know online, oh, they tend stories. they they tend to be the the spooky ones, the really scary ones. And uh, you actually have some uh, first hand experience with it, don't you? Uh, sort of. <laughs> Not, sort of. It was me. Sort of right. Actually, it was just. It's actually my mom and I was kind of like part of it low i kind of it was it was basically when i was a baby and it was target it, was, it wasn't targeting me it was targeting my, like my mom yeah yeah uh, so <laughs> yeah go ahead was, go ahead and sort of summarize it i suppose in essence like it started so she had this student that was following her ever since she was like a small child i think it started when she was like six or something and uh Basically, the student came to her when she was sleeping one night, and then uh, she asked. She was. She woke up, and then got scared. She went to her parents' room and asked, "Did you come into my room?" And then uh, they said, "No, uh, we didn't." And then she just went back to sleep. <coughs> but then <coughs> it came to her again, but this time it was in uh, when she was in boarding. No. Yes, it was when she was in boarding school. So she was basically alone um, by herself. She used to basically take wudu... Oh, no, well, she was in a Catholic school, so she used to keep a bucket by her bed to uh, pray and take ablution before prayer because obviously she was still Muslim. <laughs> so, yep. yes. So, uh, so what she did was she kept that bucket because she was too scared to walk to the bathroom at night in the dark halls of this uh, the school which is essentially a, a very eerie Catholic school as you can imagine where where was it sorry was it in uh, England sorry yeah the school was Marymount I think Marymount Academy in London ah I believe. okay yeah so uh, anyway yeah so this gin basically she was sleeping uh this jinn and then she wakes up and she sees something standing in the doorway and uh basically i think she just um uh, cuz she woke up to pray so she quickly uh took her ablution uh did her did her uh, prayer as fast as she could and uh, jumped into bed and pulled the covers over her and uh, basically uh, kept basically reciting. And this this jinn, I think it it just left her at that point. It didn't pursue her anymore because uh, it it didn't like basically the story, the way the way she related it to it, it didn't bother her anymore at that point. But the next time it visited her, she was actually uh, in her 20s. And she was actually newly, well, one year after getting married, and she had a son, I believe. And, and, who, uh, and who is that son? Oh, yes, that son is me. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's great. So uh, this, this jinn 
showed up again that night, and she was sleeping. And she, she again, she didn't know it was a dream. She saw something in the doorway, and then she thought it was her brother-in-law. And then her, she like kept saying her, to her brother-in-law at that time, um, "If you uh, get lost, if you wake up, maybe you're dead." <laughs> And then uh, it it wouldn't go away. So he, she said again, uh, "Get lost. Uh, if you wake up the baby, you're not gonna hear the end of it, and so on." But it it wouldn't go away. And then the uh, like the baby, me started crying. And uh, at at that point, the jinn uh, again it went away. And then it didn't come again until um, this time. It was when she was in her 30s in Canada now, living in uh, 1.30, this house. Uh, so, this part of the story is a little foggy. Actually, you know what? It didn't come for a long time until she was uh, living alone with her kids. And she was actually sleeping with uh, her youngest daughter, Um uh, Yes, my sister. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, it was really, like, hot in the room, so she was, like, wearing shorts to sleep, and, uh, my sister used to, like, take a lot of room on the bed, so she wasn't surprised if the bed was moving or something, and this, so this gin came again, she didn't know, and, uh, started to, uh, basically, the bed started to shake, and then she was like, uh, and then my sister stopped shaking the bed, and, uh, so it, it kept shaking, and then she's like again, and then, uh, stop shaking the bed, and then, or stop moving, and then, um, it kept, it kept moving, and then, uh, she's, she, she couldn't take it anymore. She basically grabbed my sister and then and uh forced her to stop moving and this this gene basically what it did was it uh well it kinda uh took off the cover I don't know. What did it do? It 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 basically took off the covers from the yeah. And then uh they, I think they woke up, and then, sorry for my foggy memory, but I think it just disappeared after that. <coughs> now, she, now at this point, she realized that it was coming in sort of a pattern, so she was waiting the next time it was coming. And uh, it actually didn't come at that point, but it came the following year. And... Uh, Actually, this time it was a more uh, obscene thing. The gin was kind of a... Uh, it did some... Uh, like uh, It was a kind of an inappropriate thing. So I, I, I don't know if I can mention it on here. But in a sense, yes. Uh, it was a real experience. Mm. I hope I'm telling it correctly. I don't want telling to... Telling it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for those of you who don't know, um, in Islamic tradition, it is said that uh, jinns do not like it when you tell lies about them or sort of spread false stories. So uh, some advice to <laughs> uh, our non-Muslim friends out there. Just be careful when you uh, decide to share jinn stories you hear. 
because uh, they just might not like that. Yeah, and I hope I didn't just curse myself. <laughs> Rest in peace. It was good. It was good knowing you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Time to recite everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on a uh, on a bit of a similar uh, note, uh, I remember and. Uh, my own little uh, I can't say it's a gin story for certain but, but it was it was certainly scary uh, I'd been sleeping over at one of my friends places uh, this was just on it was opposite uh, Malvern Mall for those of you who are familiar to the area this is in Scarborough when I was living at uh, the house uh, next to Abade's 128 Robinstone and so I was sleeping over at my friend's place and we had gotten up in the morning to, you know, just walk to the masjid, the Islamic Foundation, which is like a 10-minute walk from this place. So we all get up, you know, we're walking down Markham. Oh, sorry, not Markham, uh, McLevin. Yeah, McLevin. <laughs> I was and, about to say, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. The, the geography's all wrong. Yeah, yeah uh, McLevin. We were walking down McLevin, and there's a park there, formerly known as McLevin Park. Um, it's now known as uh, Major Abbas Park. And we were passing by this park, and and we, I can't remember what we were talking about, but out of nowhere, from like the forest there, yeah. you hear this 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 screech, and I can only describe it as demonic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, and we hear it, and we all just stop, and we look at each other, and we just start running. That's the fastest I have ever run in my entire life. Because, <laughs> like, oh man, I was I was terrified. Um, you know, you you know what they say. You know, the fight or flight response with with uh, you know adrenaline and or adrenaline pumping pumping through your body. Right. <clears throat> oh man, I was like, we just hightailed it straight to the mustard. Like, forget it. We're not staying here any longer. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't I don't know what it was. I mean, it, it could have been an animal. It could have been a meth head or something. But <laughs> we're not going to stay to find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing with some of these horror stories. Sometimes it can be too real. Mm, like, exactly, right? Like, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this. So, back in the 80s in Scarborough. Scarborough was not its uh, immigrant hotbed for uh you know culture it was very mm. white anglo-saxon protestant s- small yeah. communities of immigrants but not that much so there was this guy <clears throat> i think you know who he is all bernardo yeah utsc grad <laughs> yeah and i heard they scratched out his face by the way oh yeah uh, just a bit of a side note on that uh, every every year it seems like they replace that uh like the glass frame for the cl- the class of nineteen, uh, I forgot what the year it is. But what year uh, Bernardo graduated from UTSC? But like every year they seem to replace it. Yeah. <laughs> every year someone comes like scratches Bernardo's face out, or the glass <laughs> on top of Bernardo's face. But yeah, go, go ahead and tell the story. Yeah. So this is interesting because actually our family was living in Scarborough at the time, and actually in the same vicinity of uh Paul Bernardo and um Paul Bernardo was a seemingly normal young man attending UTSC. He had one problem though. Represent <laughs> UTSC. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, I didn't go to UTSC. So Well, I yeah, I went to UTSC. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway, um he 
in a sense, he partnered up with his partner, then wife, Carla Hamolka, and they began committing a series of sexual assaults in the Scarborough area, starting in 1987 and going all the way to 1990. And I think it was over 20 or something sexual assaults and a few couple murders as well. And at at that point, like, he, I think at around 1989, he became being known as the, or 19, or the end of 1987, he began to be known as the Scarborough Rapist. And uh, interesting because I think our parents were actually living in West Hill at the time. And mm. they used, I think your dad used to be, so I think, because my, I think my mom was in McMaster. Your dad was, used to always wait for um, our other aunt in Sri Lanka. Um, he used to, I guess, wait, at, like pace by the, the door or something, waiting for them to come home. And uh, because at that, at that time, Paul Bernardo was roaming the streets, so like we, it was natural. I think they lived in uh, Eunice's old house, Pixley, mm. I believe. Or they had another house. But I think it was Pixley. I, I think you remember that house, right? Yep. Yeah. Lots of sleepovers there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. It's where it's where we were introduced to AoE. Oh, another digression, yeah. <laughs> well, uh yeah. Par- partially. Which where I was. No, actually no. Uh you know what? No, but let's let's not let's not delve into that. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, anyway, gonna... <laughs> uh Paul Bernard <laughs> was a very freaky man. He's behind bars. He applied for parole but was denied. Denied. Carla Hamoka is actually released. So Carla. Oh, look who it is. Hi, everybody. It's Asina Bari here. The best person on this podcast. I would just like to say. I'm not donating any funds. Okay. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. Anyway, yes, Carla Homoka. She was released. She was released, yeah. and, and it's it's Sorry. it's pretty it's pretty uh, creepy, uh, you know, on that topic of you know horror being uh, you know as real as it gets with uh, some of these you know murderers and rapists and psychopaths. I mean, <laughs> you can believe in uh, you know, your beliefs can differ, you know, when it comes to ghosts and djinns uh, and paranormal. But everyone's got to be afraid of that. Um, the the real thing. Yeah. Murderers, psychos, killers. Really freak me freaks me out. The stories about like Jack the Ripper and uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, right? Yeah. That's like I mean, because they're real. There's yeah. the Zodiac Killer. These are you know real killers who existed, and uh, you know it, it's it's something that could happen to anyone on the street. If you're at the you know the wrong place at the wrong time, <laughs> you still happen to encounter one of these guys. I mean, today now, uh, you know, just in this day and age, it's a lot harder for criminals to get away with with certain crimes. Oh yeah, with like but, forensics. Yeah, but you know, we still you can just happen to run into the one psychopath who decides he's going to kill someone and face the consequences of getting caught. <laughs> oh yeah, like. 
last year with the uh, the guy on Young Street. I mean, he was still a psychopath, but I'm just I'm just saying, he, like anybody could do it, uh, use anything as a weapon at their disposal <laughs> if they were really insane and uh, just start killing people. If they still want wanted to, <laughs> yeah, if they wanted to, but if they really, 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 really wanted to. But uh, no, that's a that's a, that's a very scary time because humans can be very scary. We are scary. We're terrifying. <laughs> All you have to do is look at uh, some of the more troubled places in the world and see what's going on there <laughs> to know that we are the scariest things on this planet. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Like, um, give any example. What's happening in uh, Syria? Syria. I mean, the war, uh, ISIS in the Middle East. Uh, yeah. What China's doing? Oh yeah. To like uh, the Uyghurs and uh, in Hong Kong, what might end up happening? We don't know. Uh, but yeah, people are, people are terrifying. So I think, like, that's really the moral of this story here. But. It's interesting how we have these tendencies as humans that we just choose to like not ignore them, but we just choose to think there are bigger fears out there than us. If are, we get, are we getting into Antarctica territory? Uh oh, I guess <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> and like we used, to, we we typically think about the supernatural a lot. Yeah, that's why we think. Of, that's why we are so. That's why we watch horror movies, and uh, uh, we get a thrill out of. Um, well, some of us, anyway. Getting scared, uh, yeah. And that's why we. I think we tend to distract ourselves. It's kind of used as a distraction, if you think about it, from the real fears out there. If you, that's I don't an, know if, an interesting, an interesting point. Um, is it? We don't know. We psychologists study this kind of thing. If we had a psychologist... Which is where Hasina, Hasina would have come in handy right now. Exactly. not to join us. Uh, could, uh, before we move on, can we get a, a quick uh, time check, actually? Oh, yes. Uh, 42 minutes. 42 minutes. Okay, so we have a little bit of time. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really get to, we're not going to be able to spend a lot of time on this topic, um, the one I wanted to. Oh, you uh, can, go ahead. Our, our, our favorite, our personal, well, my personal favorite, um, Cosmic Horror, Antarctica. Oh. The Great Void Beyond, what lingers there? And I, I always bring this up when I'm talking about horror. Unfortunately, uh, I have to be rather terse. Right now, because we don't have a lot of time. I think the scariest thing, um, and this is uh, sort of um, shelving murderers and, uh, you know, the mundane horror, uh, as I would call it. Uh, Putting that aside, I think what's more terrifying than, you know, ghosts and uh, jinn and the supernatural and all that is the possible existence of things just beyond our imagination. Like, just the sheer 
you know, the, the size and, you know, their existence is just mind-blowing. It, it's sublime, as some people would, would put it. It's just unimaginable. Like, I think I was reading... So I'm, I'm reading uh, 20,000 Leagues of the Sea right now. Mm-hmm. Even he says, like... She, what's his name? Sorry. Uh, uh, God. Anyway, he says in the book how... Under the sea, the amount of pressure need, like exerted on life under the sea is so great that for anything that lives down there, it has to be immensely wide and huge to withstand that pressure. Hmm. So just think about that for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's horrifying. And but I, I think I think that's been uh, proven wrong. I th- from my understanding, like. In order to survive down there, you don't have to be big. You have to be really tiny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I, I, I think that's what the explanation is. But, you know, the oceans are so vast and so deep. We don't, we haven't explored even a fraction of it. Yeah. Like, we, we, don't, we don't know what lingers in the depths, as and some you, would say. If you think about it, we haven't really gotten to certain cases like uh, the, Devil's, the Devil's Sea and the Bermuda Triangle. All mm-hmm. we know is that ships disappear there, <laughs> right? We haven't really, That's, yes, we haven't really explored why that is. Well, I mean, there, I'm there sure are we theory, have, but yeah, there are theories out there, but I don't, I don't think there is any accepted one. Yeah, I'm not it's entirely. Just, sure. I'd have to, I'd have to look that up. It's actually very interesting, and I'm actually interested in uh, learning about it more now. <laughs> I I remember I watched a documentary about the Bermuda Triangle um, a bunch of years ago. It, yeah. it is it's a very um, I'm, intriguing case of you know just just the unknown. I mean, for all we know, it could be explained by science, but we don't as know. Most, as yeah. most things tend, to be, right? Yeah, but but um, yeah, come, going back to that topic of you know just just the sublime. It's just that it's a realm that sort of exists beyond the reach of science. And uh, one of my, no, my favorite author, hands down, um, H.P. Lovecraft, yes. does a fantastic job in um, sort of writing his stories with this this outlook, this very pessimistic outlook. Um, well, most of his famous stories, like you know, The Call of Cthulhu and uh, our our uh, Antarctica special. At the Mountains of Madness. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Misty Miskatonic. Oh, by the way, I think Miskatonic. I have to f- still find that sweater. Oh yes, um, my, please do. That's my favorite sweater, my Miskatonic University sweater. Uh, but yeah, Lovecraft does a fantastic job in sort of incorporating uh, this this very pessimistic outlook um, that all we know about humanity is just wrong. Like our understanding of the universe is wrong. That there's there exists this realm outside of ours that can influence our own one, um, but is sort of um, occupied by these just this powerful, unimaginable, sublime beings like you know like Cthulhu and whatnot. And I love the ending to At the Mountains of Madness. Uh, when he's sort of, I forgot, I forgot the characters' names. Oh my god! Um, it's when uh, the guy, the the narrator of the story, and one of the one of his um, 
his younger assistants are sort of flying. They're flying the plane back. It yes. is after yes. they had sort of sort of you know run from the deaths and you know the whole Tekalidi thing. Um, <laughs> they're sort of flying back from that that vast alien city behind uh, those you know those daunting mountains in our Antarctica, and they're flying back. And I forgot what his name was. Oh my god, this is like my favorite story. Uh, but the the assistant sort of he looks back right, and he just starts he loses it, and I think like a lot of people like Lovecraft, what he does with the story is that he he just sort of leaves it to your imagination, and a lot of people sort of speculate like you know what 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 did this guy see you know did he see something or did he just look back and was he thinking about what. You know everything they had sort of discovered in that city. You know, did, did he did he like come to some realization that you know everything we know was wrong, or did he actually see something that just made him go insane, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, it's just it's so fun to speculate because there's so much of this planet that we haven't explored, you know, underground, you know, under, under the ocean, in the jungles, in the depths of the jungles, like the Amazon, like who knows? I'm not, I'm not saying these things in Lovecraft stories or like, um, Poe stories are out there. It's just that there, you don't know, um, what sort of maybe, you know, ancient civilizations or, creatures we haven't um just been discovered yet so it's it's just so much fun to speculate on that topic oh, yeah <laughs> and it's equally terrifying yeah because sure. the, the unknown is scary people are scared of the unknown and it's like it, there are so many untouched civilized untouched wonders of the world that people still have no idea about like Going back to Lovecraft, uh, do you remember the story Irim of the Pillars? Mm-hmm. It's actually it's interesting because that's mentioned in the Quran as well, coincidentally. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently the empty quarter in Saudi Arabia is supposed to hold all this mysterious city. And uh, like, I, I mean, we don't know if it's true or not. Could not could uh, may not be true, but the fa- the fact that this legend exists it just boggles my mind it does and uh, each like the desert areas and you know the desert um, biome is one of my favorite things to sort of speak about and write about because um like sands the sands of deserts they're 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 not um they're not static right um sand like the dunes they shift they're constantly shifting back and forth like deserts are actually um if you actually go to a desert, there are certain areas that are just like, it's dry land. There's no sand. Yeah. And in other areas, it's just covered in, you know, mounds and mounds of, of these dunes, right? And who knows what's <laughs> what's been buried by all that sand, right? Oh, I mean, this, yeah. this, this Sphinx, for like some parts of the year or some years, is just up to its neck in sand, right? Because the, the, the sands are always moving. Exactly, and, and God knows what what is what's what's built um, or what's lingering beneath you know some of these more unexplored parts of the desert. I mean that that poem by um, one of my favorite poem by uh, uh, Percy Shelley, um, uh, Ozymandias. 
Have um, you ever heard? I think so. It rings a bell. Let, let me just say. It rings a bell. It's yeah. it's like one of my favorite. No, it is my favorite poems. And uh, sort of the, the last line of it, or the last few lines of it goes, um, I can't. I can't recite the it, it word for word, but it goes like something like uh, nothing. Nothing remains. Um, I I I I'm, I'm shooting blanks here. Uh, but it, it's it, the 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 image that's sort of painted by the poem is that uh, you have this this giant statue of the pharaoh. Uh, I think it was Ramses the second or. As he's known in sort of more Western texts as uh, Ozymandias or Ozymandias or how you will, however one's one pronounce it, <laughs> right? Uh, but it's it's the, the image that um, Shelley paints is that you know how you have this this titanic statue of this this pharaoh, and yeah. it, the inscription reads, uh, "Oh God, I'm I'm forgetting all this. Why is this happening? This is like my favorite poem." But the inscription reads, uh, "It's like." Look upon my works and despair, right? Something like that. Yeah. And <laughs> by the end of the poem, Percy Shelley's like, you know, nothing, nothing remains of that civilization but that statue, and you know, the land surrounding it is just—it's just desert. It's just barren. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's 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 really interesting and really uh, amazing what the desert holds, especially. If you look at the stories about um, stories, mythical or not, like uh, stories from Petra and um, throughout history, there are so many stories involved with the desert and Mm -hmm. so many historical references of the desert and the shifting sands. Right, right. and you know, history, human civilization started in the the Middle East, if I'm not mistaken. Like you know, the the Nile Valley and uh, in like India too, the Indus, Indus, the, yeah, India, the, and Mesopotamia, right between the the Tigris and the Euphrates River, right. right? And it just there's so much history there, and there's so much unknown, forgotten things just waiting to be discovered or not waiting to be discovered, and are best kept. Undiscovered, <laughs> as Lovecraft yeah. would probably put it. Right? Oh, for sure. So it's it's a very interesting and freaky topic when you really think about it. Uh, what's the what's the uh, oh we're at fifty four minutes now. Oh man, okay. So we should probably, <laughs> we should probably cut it off there. Uh, okay. So yeah. Um, if there's anything else you want to add, uh, I guess now would be the time to do it, or or we can just sign off here. I think we pretty much touched on it. I think we just basically summed on the fact that the unknown is to be honest more scarier than anything we have imagined and uh, right even and, and 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 when you think about it sorry when you think about it everything we've talked about um the paranormal uh the mundane you know murderers psychopaths uh, rapists and whatnot and even uh, more cosmological horror and then the sublime horror right all of it all of it does permeate from that that topic that aspect of the unknown because i mean you don't know anything about ghosts or you know we only know the stories you don't know 
when a ghost is going to appear. You, or you don't know when there's going to be a killer on the loose, right? You can just run onto them on the street. Yeah, or exactly. Don't know, you don't know what uh, what slumbering deity is sort of <laughs> lurking beneath the oceans in, in, a, in, a, in a forgotten city, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just had to do it. And, you know, we, we don't know. The, un- the unknown is the scariest part of our existence. And I think it has been for pretty much all of human history. But, yeah, um, we are very close to an hour right now. So <laughs> we should probably put a halt on this. So, yeah, um, do let us know what you think of spooky things in general. Uh, the unknown uh, ghosts, murderers and all that uh let us know what what scares you what are your fears and uh what you think in general about uh, the topic of the terrifying and the horrifying and the horrible and the scary right even if it is something just mundane <laughs> oh yeah it could be spiders uh yeah. you know some stuff like that all fears are legitimate uh well to a certain extent <laughs> yeah i mean if you're if you're scared of waking up in the morning i mean I mean, some people are, but still. Uh, yeah. I think you need to get yourself checked. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Just, just to put it lightly. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining that now. Some person who's terrified of waking up in the morning. <laughs> they wake up screaming. Ah! 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 <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this has been uh, episode, uh, what? 20... 22? 22 or something like that of the every cast. I believe uh, again, so. yeah. Again, we apologize for not recording this on Halloween. We did record one, but it was so bad. We decided not to go <laughs> ahead and finish it. <laughs> yeah, do we, uh, let's just say be grateful you didn't hear that episode. Yep. I don't yep. I admit it wasn't my best. <laughs> it wasn't any of our best to be honest. Yeah. Uh but yeah, this is this is being your uh, co-host will lead and your co-host debate and we will see you next time. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>